Hey folks, Game Buddy here with a quick note about today's show. Once we finished recording our revisit of the Champions arc of the Archie comics, we decided we wanted to add some clips of our favorite parts recorded with our actor friends. And once we started putting everything together, we realized the episode was getting pretty long, so we decided to split it into two parts. So today's episode covers the first two issues of the arc, and next episode is the back half. Thanks again for listening, and enjoy. everyone, and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to, you know, try to stay in touch with the youth culture, you know, the hip-hop kids, where it at, you know, home dog, chili dog. Um, <laughs> and uh, today it's going to be a very fun discussion about some Archie Sonic comic books. Uh, those are the classics that we all love, and yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that right we, off we the top. All, we all love with a big asterisk at the end. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll get into but, uh, some point we love them. The asterisk the size of a pool floaty. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so I am Rock the Jake. Uh, I'm Jeremy, also Game Buddy. I'm Falero. I'm Cyberlink. Yeah, today, like I said, we're going to talk about the Archie comics. Uh, we've got a specific arc that we're talking about, the Champions arc which were which ran from issues 268 to 271 and we felt that before actually getting into the story of that it was important to kind of talk about the sort of reboot that happened um in the archie comics or as we've lovingly called it in this document the new 252 (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good name it is so uh okay just a little bit of backstory we don't want to go too deep into this topic because other people have definitely done it uh as briefly as possible and in more truthful detail that we could ever get into here but this story arc uh which is called uh champions because it is a loose adaptation of sonic the fighters sonic champions <laughs> was it sonic fighters a sonic championship Oh. Championship, yes. Yeah, championship. That's, that's where okay. it's coming. That's where it's coming from. It's the the other name for it. Yeah, it's a coherent name out of those two uh, <laughs> two titles. <laughs> so this comes uh, very shortly after issue two fifty two, which was considered a the first soft reboot of the Archie Sonic comics. There's a lot of reasons it happens. Right now, I'm going to point you towards an article written by Bobby Schroeder who also runs the Thanks Ken Penders Tumblr blog, which is a wonderful little blog that explores the history of these comics. But she wrote an article that basically details he who must not be named in Archie Comics canon, <laughs> uh, Ken Penders and his legacy and impact on the Archie comics. We're not going to talk about it today. It's very complicated. Go read that article. We've put that in our description it's very good also uh like i said check out her blog and uh check out her game that's supposed to be come out this year to be determined in 2022 i followed bobby's art and stuff for a while and i'm just a big fan of hers but anyway this came very shortly after the first soft reboot of the series um there was an event uh that happened during the first Mega Man crossover that basically reset and merged a lot of continuity in the comics. Uh, the Archie yeah. comics have been going for a long time. It has its own unique world and setting that's based on the games, Sad AM, a lot of stuff. And this was one of the first opportunities to streamline that and kind of bring it into not like uh, direct copies of like game backstories, but basically make it more coherent for new readers with a little more aligned with what Sega was doing at the time. In a way, this is kind of like the second attempt of doing this because there was a point during the comics before where they'd kind of uh, got rid of a few characters, cleaned things up a little bit, but this is kind of like a blank slate sort of attempt at that. This is the the complete, like, all right, enough of that, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) To give like a very, very brief summary within the fiction, uh, during the Worlds Collide crossover between Sonic and Mega Man, Eggman and Wily basically reset their universes and changed things so they were based directly on the games. No comic original characters, like after the latest point. Mega Man and Sonic defeated them 
used uh, the Chaos Emerald's power to reset their universes back to normal. Mega Man was fine, but Sonic was interrupted by Eggman during that process. So things didn't get put back quite right, which is how everything's a little bit different after the reboot. As a result of that, the world starts splitting apart, and that leads us into the Sonic Unleashed storyline that would basically continue until just before the comic ended. Yes, you you have you have some immediate uh, explanations where Sonic can still remember a lot of things from the old continuity mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the characters that got redesigned. The Freedom Fighters also mention that. So it's that's why we call it a soft reboot is they haven't completely thrown out everything yet. Uh, but that's a story for another day for sure. Another thing we wanted to touch on just before we jump into these issues is it focuses mainly on a character that I remember at the time reading these comics, I don't think I even remembered, Uh, but Breezy, she is a character from the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, who was originally a badnik that Robotnik built to... um, Tempt Sonic with compulsive heterosexuality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My which, favorite compulsion. <laughs> the, the joke being she's very, uh, very much a femme fatale. Uh, I saw a few comparisons to Jessica Rabbit, but she's basically trying to trick Sonic into a trap. Except it ends up at the end that she grows... Uh, a heart uh, a heart of her own after she reads a simple four-line poem uh, that sonic <laughs> wrote her it's not a very good poem but you know i guess the standards on mobius must be pretty low no one ever wrote me a poem before robotnik is rotten alfalfa is sneezy the minute i met her i loved my breezy it's beautiful probably the first one she's read to be fair <laughs> It's it's very cute. It's pretty adorable um, with little Jillial White Sonic handing her a piece of paper. <laughs> but anyway, so she betrays Robotnik, decides to be, you know, her own woman and rebels against him. She actually appears in like three or four other Adventures episodes yeah. and ends up marrying um, Robotnik Jr., who is also a robot that Robotnik made. And um, yeah, that part's a little weird. Um, anyway, uh, she's much different in Archie. Uh, she's not a robot. As far as we know. But she still uh, partners with Eggman to uh, trick Sonic. And uh, she has a really interesting uh, backstory that I'm, I'm excited to get into. It's, it's one of my favorite parts about uh, the character in this. Yeah, I, I really like what they did with Breezy in this series, along with uh, Honey, who is the other kind of surprise focal character of this arc that will... We'll probably get into her a little more when we uh, talk about her. We kind of talked about the weirdness behind her origins when we did our arcade games episode. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But I I think both characters are great. And I really wish that this comic had gone on longer so we could have seen more of them. Definitely. Oh, female mm. characters in Sonic. I know, right? I love. Uh, I, I, it's nice having them. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And these were... Um, uh, it reminds me of we've talked about IDW and and how much we like the uh, a lot of the characters that have added there. You know, on the surface you're like, oh, so many girls, but I mean, it just speaks to how there are so little. And, and not that I don't like Amy and Rouge and, and etc. There is like a, a a lacking of balance as far as having like cool girls as well. And yeah. yeah, it is it is really a shame that these were two characters that didn't have much to them, but uh the the creative team on Archie at the time, yeah, literally just plucked them out of the ether and decided to do really cool things with them. This uh, this comic has been sort of a reminder of some things that are still absent in the the current Sonic comics a little bit, even though they're really good. I really love the IDW yeah. comics. There's plenty yes. to talk about here that, may, that uh, I kind of miss from Archie, but I guess sure we'll get yeah. into that here. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still sad that we never got a proper Mama Robotnik in Archie, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, she appears in one of the off panels, so it's fine. <laughs> that that one's for you, John Gray. <laughs> so, with all that said, how about we just dive right into these comics and just have fun talking about the story? I'm game. I, I do want to mention up front. I'm glad that you explained how sonic got the werehog ability in the comics because i i was subscribed to the archie comics for a while and then my subscription ran out and i think i like bought a couple of comics from 
like local comic stores here and there but it was something that like i just kind of i wanted to keep up with but it, at the time it just didn't fit my wallet <laughs> um, yeah valid <laughs> so and i just read these comics for the first time very recently aka today and <laughs> <laughs> minutes before we got started um, you, you don't have to blow yourself up on this episode like that jake it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my standard procedure now <laughs> i i really enjoyed the story overall and i was wondering like sonic didn't know chip until the end of this arc so i was just like wait so i wonder how he got the the powers and so i'm glad that you explained that because now i feel caught up they they did uh the the issue right before this entails sonic basically got blasted with dark gaia energy it's it's very similar to the to the game um but he's noticed that like yeah the world is falling apart um and that's affected everywhere on the planet um including you know uh not whole places we haven't seen yet in the comics uh angel island and yeah as soon as the sun goes down he starts hogging out <laughs> they do some pretty cool stuff with the werehog in this actually um playing with the idea that he doesn't necessarily have control of it at first which i thought was something that maybe was missing from i don't know a little bit yeah it's very cool he actually goes he meets up with uh mighty and ray and mighty introduces him to a new character who's uh, I think his name is Moss and he's a yes. sloth but he's very yes. much like a cool kung fu like you gotta you gotta feel the energy in the earth man to control uh, what's going on with you because that's that's what it is and yeah you mentioned uh, Sonic doesn't even meet Chip until this arc because uh, Knuckles I think is the one that first uh, meets Chip yeah they introduced Chip in the uh, previous Sonic Universe arc which also had the Chaotix and they kind of call back to that and so they, they do they do some different things uh i think knuckles and chip were actually searching for master emerald shards because of course uh the first thing knuckles does when he realizes that the planet is uh messed up is he shatters the master emerald to keep it from uh coming to further harm because it's tuesday yes <laughs> <laughs> given credit though they do actually go into his regret over having to do that and this yeah, like, I remember he like apologizes before breaking it, and, it's, and it puts him in a weird position too because like the the floating island is still floating because all of the landmasses are floating because the planet's split apart. But so now, if the planet gets put back together, his island's going to crash again. So that kind of puts him on an even bigger timetable to reassemble the Master Emerald before everybody else gets all the Chaos Emeralds. That's really cool. Right. Um, can I just point out for a second that Luke just called it the floating island? It's, and that, just, that appeals to me as, a, as an STC reader. Instinct. Yeah, we had no idea it was Angel Island for the longest time, even though literally the first level of Sonic 3 is called that. But anyway. <laughs> if I remember correctly, early Archie called it the floating island as well. I, I think, think so. That was I believe a, they did, yeah. A, a game manual thing. And it was like, I remember even having discussions or thoughts like, well, no, Angel Island is a zone because it's the first level the floating island is the whole thing <laughs> and it, then sonic adventure as with many things uh, yes <laughs> canonized that no the whole thing is angel island uh knuckles and chip and the chaotix were hanging out in a aquatic mine in a pumpkin hill uh in previous issues looking for master emerald pieces um so they're out there but this this uh, group of issues comes directly after um the freedom fighters minus sonic because he's out training trying to control his new werehog powers they think they've got a signal for a chaos emerald and it turns out to be a huge trap from eggman and he just he whoops their butts it's it's reintroducing that eggman is very dangerous even though this is a new continuity and you're not sure where he stands they lose pretty bad everybody gets to kind of show their cool powers um i love specifically like sally's using her new energy swords and the mass effect swords essentially <laughs> yes yes energy sword sunday bunny's got uh cool extra powers now in addition to her robot limbs and um it's very cool but yeah the the good guys lose and so they they track sonic down and basically say we don't know where to go next so just imagining the drama of that scene I'm sure it would look like how they envisioned it was a really dramatic scene, but how it would appear in the game would be. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's Sonic gets to tear apart one of the uh, mini bosses from Sonic 3 and Knuckles that's filled with electricity who was sent after him by, now I'm not, we can't go into it, but Thunderbolt the Chinchilla, one of the best characters to ever exist in the universe. <laughs> God, she's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Someone who unironically loves Robotnik, that, that kind of thing. Oh, um, just absolutely turned up to 11 for Eggman but he so he meets up with the freedom fighters they don't know where to go and then uh Nicole who's using her cool Lynx design all the time now brings up a advertisement for a fighting tournament and the grand prize is a chaos emerald so here we go uh so we actually jump right into a flashback of Sonic uh running from <laughs> A very familiar super bad Nick. It's the uh, egg ant lion, but he's literally in the underground zone from Sonic 2 8-bit. So good. I like this sort of like combination of 8-bit Sonic and... Well, actually, well, we can get into what this is a combination of when we see who he's fighting as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it's interesting because, and I, I encourage people to, if you want to follow along, uh, I think we said last time, like, because of legal reasons, you can't buy these anywhere, so... Just go look them up. I'm not going to tell you where, but yeah, just go get them. The internet will tell you. Coconuts, the bad Nick, specifically from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, is in an egomatic firing the uh, bombs, just like the (laughs) aforementioned boss fight in the game. And it's definitely Coconuts. Oh yeah, there's no ambiguity. This is the Adventures version of Coconuts, 100%. I can hear Ian Corlett's voice when I look at his uh, dialogue. They have tweaked the designs a little bit to make them more like the, make him look a bit more like the Coconuts Badnik from Sonic Two, but aside from that, it, it, but it's him. It's, uh... <laughs> yes, they've done done that a little bit with Sonic himself. He he actually looks like a little fusion between classic and modern Sonic. He's still got green eyes, but they're implying that this is like a younger Sonic. Yeah, he's got a little bit of the uh, the round tummy. Yes, that that leads me into this was a Ian Flynn story, and I believe for the vast majority of these issues, it's Deanna Skelly on pencils. Yes, inked by Terry Austin. Um, Gabriel uh, Casada did the colors, and that's john workman who did the letters and these are very very pretty issues like this was definitely the full swing of most of these people are going to carry into the idw Mm. comics man it's just some pretty sequential art to look at the art is so (laughs) full of character and life and fun throughout the whole arc this was already like the very concept of this was gonna work for me but just see the art just like brings it to a whole other level gosh it's so pretty the expressions in particular are top notch (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of the expressions i love like on the very second page of the the first issue of the series 268 when sonic kicks one of the cannonballs back at coconuts his face and like the squash and stretch on it is just perfect oh yeah (laughs) it's beautiful yes the 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 expressions get pushed so far i i don't even remember if I'd seen that in this book before, like even early Archie, which was very slapsticky, uh, it, it's very cool to see the the pencil and ink team uh, be able to like work in so in sync like that to make sure that those all get preserved because they do look fantastic. Yeah, it's still very Archie, where it, like as opposed to like that run of time where like the Archie comics were kind of like trying to emulate sort of a manga anime style. We don't speak of the dark times. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was some of the dark times, but but like it's it's still very much Archie, especially like the colorization. Oh yeah, yes, I I, I understand what you mean. They're simultaneously. It's one of the things to where I I'm actually don't harp too much when people bring up that, especially at this time in Archie, um, they had a lot of uh, Sega restrictions, quote unquote, because it's so obvious that they this is what they were able to do with that is they can push the the expressions and the designs and pull all of these really obscure characters. Also, yeah, like you said, this is recognizably a Sonic comic. And yeah, once once we get into it, recognizably the Archie Sonic comics, because all those other characters are still here. Coconuts is done in by the uh, same bombs he was launching from his Egomatic because uh, Sonic lets them hit the antlion behind him and then uh, soccer kicks one of them right back into Coconut's face and he (laughs) sadly slides down into the pit as Sonic speeds away. It's like I'm living a bad comedy. (laughs) <laughs> Just, uh, the voices are right there when you uh, you, you can't see you can't not you can't not 
No, it's it's so funny. I was uh, watching some of the ad- Adventures of Sonic episodes in preparation for this, just to see, like, okay, well, how how was Breezy when she showed up? And I just forgot if, how fun that show is. Like, yeah. could go all day about how silly some of the voices are but how it is so ingrained the delivery and yeah like you said uh ian corlett is like every random male character in that show <laughs> i remember thinking um oh well i can recognize he's that's that voice and then looking up and all of the ones he did it's just it's a list as long as your arm yeah. i'm like well never would have guessed that was him too that's very funny so sonic zips out of the antlion pit and hiding behind the rock are scratch grounder and our girl breezy who are we're not even keeping it a secret like they're all working together they're going to trick sonic which is exactly what happens oh oh, he's coming places everybody (laughs) i knew coconuts would blow it all right this is it don't mess this up or else i know i know i just gotta keep it together Hold it, Hedgehog! One more step, and we'll... Please! You're too slow to even finish your threats. Never mind being good on him. You okay, miss? I am now, thanks to you. Cool. I gotta go save my best bud from a fat maniac, so... See ya! No! What if those terrifying badniks come after me again? Take me with you. Please. Eh, alright. Hang on tight! He takes one look at the uh, damsel being menaced by these two dumb bots and knocks them out and whisks her away. Is this like a, a semi-adaptation of the episode she's from, kind of? Yeah. Because it was a trick there. It's just just in the original show, they had no idea. Because <laughs> they are dumb bots. Uh, on, on the last panel, Sonic is carrying Breezy away to safety, and she gives a very, uh, would you call that a sardonic smile? <laughs> Almost to the camera? A little bit. What if these terrifying badniks come after me again? <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> voice. I do love the fact that she is she just like in the cartoon, way taller than Sonic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only difference here is Sonic is not is not interested, uh, but that's more true to the Sonic we know these days. I do find it fun that uh, for the most part, Breezy like the flashback design for Breezy is a little bit different than she's portrayed modern day, where it's more of a business suit compared to here, where it's a bit of a hybrid between the modern day business suit and then like her dress from the original episode. It just look kind of looks like a casual slip. It's her Sunday dress. Yeah, it kind of kind of looks like she has a vest or a, like a zipper yeah. going on the front there. Yeah, where would be conspicuous? Where would be very very conspicuous cleavage in the original cartoon? Exactly. Um, <laughs> oh yes, that they they were had no qualms about drawing whenever there was a close up. It's very very funny. It's funny when I was watching that episode, I was like. Oh, that d- that doesn't seem timely with Sonic. And then I remembered Rouge the Bat, so I guess maybe it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some things never change. Which, hey, I-, I will always point out Adventures was very equal opportunity because they draw uh, Robotnik and Grounders like big voluptuous butt crack uh, every chance they get. <laughs> they do. a lot in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're into that, you know. I do enjoy how they've uh, kind of modernized Breezy's uh, hair, I guess, her quills, because it's kind of a mystery in the show itself, because they seem to detach uh, every time she moves her head. Mm. Whereas here, it's like a uh, a very intentional uh, hairstyle. Like, she has large quills like Sonic, but she's uh, almost like combed them straight back. Um, so they kind of just hang out on the back of her head. Just big hair, don't care. A little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I'm sure that was a very intentional, like, I, I'm sure the, the art crew had to, like, we have to bring this character to where we can draw her from different angles. <laughs> Let, let's figure out how this works. So we come uh, out of our first flashback into uh, Sonic has been recounting this story. Uh, to the rest of the Freedom Fighters on the uh, Sky Patrol, which is their headquarters in the sky. And uh, Tails isn't very happy about being reminded that um, he was duped by Breezy along with Sonic. And 
uh, Amy is cutely being a little jealous about the whole thing. Uh, and Sonic mentions that uh, he hasn't told the story before because um, he got played for a chump, which is also very funny. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of self-deprecating humor from Sonic. And of course, Antoine's like, you should tell more of those stories. Yeah. And the expression that yeah. Sonic gives during the chump part is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's another thing I could spend a whole day talking on is uh, Bunny and Antoine in these new comics. Yeah. Some of my f- favorite aspects. Very, very adorable. Very cool. OTP. So up up on the hollow screen, uh, Sally and Nicole have all of the details of the fighting tournament, which is taking place in Casino Park. Yes, that one. From Heroes. <laughs> which is being run completely by Breezy. We start to get into a little bit of Breezy's backstory. She is basically like a huge entertainment mogul. As far as I think she's involved, they imply a lot of the entertainment on uh, this world. Uh, now, that is something I forgot to look up. I don't think they're using Mobius anymore. I think it's officially no. Sonic's world. Yeah, they do not explicitly say Mobius at any point during the reboot, I don't believe. Yeah, so I might slip and say Mobius or the Earth, but... It, it, it was Mobius at one point, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, yeah, that's true. Like we said, they haven't thrown anything out. Breezy is very much like has a hand in all of the entertainment TV. Uh, you know, she's the proprietor of Casino Park. So it is fun to think of like all of those zones as real places that Breezy is at the top. Like she has been wheeling and dealing and constructing <laughs> and real estate deals and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also like that basically means that if she said she's putting on a tournament with a chaos emerald prize, she means it. She has that kind of social credibility. And so the guys are like actually excited about the fighting tournament, all except Rotor, who I I really like because he is, <laughs> I, I, he is portrayed in this soft reboot as a little bit older um, than everyone else. Uh, I remember relating a lot to him in these because he just says, uh, hey, we're we're basically superheroes. This is to save the Earth. Why are we going to put up with this crap? Let's just go steal the emerald. S- Sally basically vetoes it saying like, look, I asked my dad, the king, <laughs> if he would, uh, you know, float us the cash to buy it and Breezy wouldn't go for it. And they can't just steal it because that would reflect poorly on their image they're they're trying to run a uh, a fallen kingdom at the time still yeah and unfortunately because of uh registration cutoff sonic tails and amy were the only ones that were allowed to enter into the tournaments because they gotta limit it to just the playable roster in the game and that's a decent way to you know do that yeah there's a couple of really clever little turn of events uh where we get to see a whole huge cast of characters, but yeah, only the ones from uh, the game themselves end up in here. We we are, I think this is the first time we're introduced to the fact that Sally is still a princess and her dad is still King Acorn. It's basically gone back to they, the kingdom is kind of underground, in hiding, not in power, because Eggman has so much... Uh, control over the rest of the planet um especially now that it's been shattered into floating continents yeah it's also worth noting that um it, they've they've gone back a little satayemish with them where um king acorn is no longer a dick <laughs> yeah he's uh i think the the word sally uses is pragmatic yes. <laughs> which is a very a very nice change of pace to where he might be a little bit dry but he's not the i would argue the horrendous monster that he is in a lot of archie stories whether yep. it was intentional or not <laughs> also fairly certain they they envisioned him being voiced by tim curry here oh 100 um, <laughs> percent. did they did they call it they changed his first name in this one right isn't he nigel is he nigel now i think it might let me just double check i know that i uh, hey uh, we mentioned it there is a second soft reboot where more things change <laughs> um i can't remember if that was with that one or this one but yes he he actually does get he was maximilian acorn uh in the old continuity and at some point yep he's nigel acorn like nigel like nigel thornberry (laughs) nigel thornberry (laughs) which you know we make fun i thought in the what 
two and a half episodes, he shows up in Sad AM. A very subdued uh, performance from Tim Curry. Yeah. Not the sort of Tim Curry performance you would expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reminds you, he is actually a classically trained, wonderful actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sonic, uh, Sonic, Tails, and Amy are good to go for the tournament, and Breezy has advertised this thing everywhere. Tails brings up that, what if this is another trap? What if Eggman is involved from the beginning? Pretty, pretty valid argument since uh, Casino Park and a lot of the places Breezy has set up shop used to be under his direct control. But then on the next page, uh, we get a screaming Eggman um, who is on the phone with Breezy asking her uh, why the hell wasn't he consulted. (laughs) (laughs) We get to see his eyeballs. Breezy! I'll invade every one of your precious casinos! I'll carpet bomb every property you own! I'll launch a missile at every media satellite you have! No, ten missiles! Eggman for you, hotline one. (sighs) Thank you, Coconuts. Bring the limo around. Hello? Don't you dare ignore me. Hello, Doctor. You were saying? I was threatening. You will give me the emerald, or I'll... You'll do jack squat. Your forces are spread thin containing the global crisis, and anything you could scrape together wouldn't make it past my defenses. And besides, you're like me. You love your creations. You hate to see robot-on-robot violence. You want to talk robots? Give me the emerald, or I won't offload any more of my old fatnik stock on you! I rescue those poor robots! You'd lose out on one of your most lucrative exports. Fine! I'll be generous. How much do you want for it? <laughs> you don't have enough. What? And I'm at Sir Sensi's, Doctor. The world is in ruins, and the people are miserable. I will give them a show like no other, and they will pay out the nose for the distraction. You can't harm me, threaten me, or buy me. I learned a lot from you, Evo, but I've long since graduated from your school of hard knocks. You can't talk that way to me! You... Eggman uh, mentions that he's going to cut her off from all of his old uh, bad nicks he's thrown away, which she has staffed uh, her various businesses with. And we get a quick shot of Coconuts and uh, the bouncer robots from Sonic Adventure, I think is a nice touch. The ones that suck you up yep. <laughs> and uh, hold you in place are the bouncers for her casino. <laughs> Game Buddy forgot that those also feature prominently in Sonic Heroes, which is where Casino Park is from, which is where this scene is taking place. She basically tells him that she's going to do whatever she wants. Uh, she's providing a service for these people by having a pay-per-view uh, fighting tournament they can watch. Um, and she actually ends their conversation with a very interesting phrase, uh, panem et circensis, which is Latin for bread in circuses, um, which she basically goes on to explain. But I just thought was an incredibly clever thing to put in there because it's a line from a ancient uh, Roman satire. I think it's literally from what satire X satire 10. But it's basically uh, throughout history has been used as a like. Hey, people need bread uh, to eat, and they need circuses for entertainment. So uh, if you recognize Pan Am, it's from, uh, it's literally the name of the continent in the Hunger Games, which is like a baby's first version of that. But I mean, it shows up in lots of uh, political theory and other works. Uh, Brave New World by Huxley is uh, very much based on that. It's like, hey, as long as the people in power uh, keep people fed and entertained, you can get away with a lot. But it's it's just a very uh, clever line to insert in there that it might have gone over some kids' heads, but you could have definitely Googled it at the time. But it speaks a lot to Breezy's new character, yeah. is that she, in her eyes, she has clawed her way to the top from nothing. She plays on that later in, I think, a commercial <laughs> during the tournament that she yeah. was a homeless orphaned who is now arguably like the richest person on the planet. And so she has become a very girl boss capitalist. (laughs) She, I'm not even saying that as a joke. She literally has amassed uh, huge amounts of power 
It's very interesting to see a character like that portrayed in a Sonic the Hedgehog comic because she's not evil. She's the head of a system that she has built all around her. Uh, she has a few interactions later with Honey that kind of speak to that. Uh, she she is going to get what's hers and uh, <laughs> do it her own way, basically. Yeah, but after that, uh, we can see uh, Eggman is very unhappy with how that went. She's basically shutting him out. He contacts um, three familiar characters, four actually, we see Bean, Bark, and Knack the Weasel, he was still known at the time, he hadn't switched over to Fang the Sniper, <laughs> <laughs> and Metal Sonic, who Eggman all says heads straight for the tournament. The three hooligans are registered as fighters, but Metal Sonic is going to be their backup. Metal Sonic is actually in the middle of uh, brutalizing this poor old man who you might recognize if you've played Sonic Unleashed, uh, who is a resident of the Apotos continent. Man, I felt bad for this poor guy. Yep. <laughs> Th- things have not gone well for Father Gregorius. <laughs> the The hard shadows that they drew Metal Sonic with just look so good. Like he He is meant to be an intimidating character, and he looks very intimidating. Yeah. I love it. Just some great color work. This is the self-proclaimed master of Sonic lore, as I recall him from Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. I couldn't remember if he was... he, he His his name and everything. He yep. is literally that guy. Yep. That's awesome. Gregorios, he is well acquainted with the lore of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's just like <laughs> us for real. <laughs> yep. Beard and all. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, this was also back when they still let, uh, regular Metal Sonic talk, and, uh, that makes him even scarier, because you can imagine that warped, booming voice, uh, coming out of his invisible speakers, and, well, goodness, but anyway, he gets the call from Eggman and leaves poor Gregorius alone, uh, because, yeah. Uh, On that topic, um, Metal Sonic talking just makes sense to me as an SDC fan. Back when he was Metallics, <laughs> he was always... Uh... <laughs> That's part of the reason why I like post-reboot Archie so much, is that you get this kind of all-star mishmash of so many different continuities and elements of Sonic. They didn't have, like, it was definitely more focused than pre-reboot Archie, but also they didn't have quite as many restrictions on them as they do, like, during the IDW run. It's weird yeah. because it never made sense to me because... Sega basically just decided to change their minds because Sonic Heroes, every version of Metal Sonic is talking up a storm. Yeah. It's not just Neo Metal Sonic. And anyway, I I also preferred it when he could say scary stuff. Yeah. Maybe not (laughs) the early Archie where he was trying to wisecrack along with Sonic because that's not scary at all, but still. Um, All right. The page where they are pulling up to Casino Park. Is that human guy in the bottom right corner of the first panel anybody i am mean is that i it looks like i am mean to oh me. man okay oh my goodness <laughs> hold on That's a, i was gonna point that out actually <laughs> the magic labyrinth of i am mean, mean. anyway that's uh, for for people who are fans of um cdi games i guess <laughs> was it a cdi game or was it just done by the same studio i forget maybe both this is very important to our podcast. We need to find out. It's a DOS game, but yeah, the game was created by Rusa American Company Animation Magic. That's the that's the same company. Yes, that is definitely him. Holy sh! Very scary and confusing. Destination of my choosing. Anyway, that's this is what we came here for. Yes. on this Sonic podcast. I just know him from the Insector YouTube poops. Yeah, yeah. Oh, holy crap! This I've read this comic many times. I think this is the first time I ever actually noticed that Wentos, the salesman with the Chow hand puppet, is in the bottom left corner. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in there menacing a poor person. I'm sure there there are lots of little like references you'll find in here that we can't point out. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They had a lot of fun filling this crowd. Yeah, even even this first thing, like we said, we have the aforementioned in the background. Lots of interesting looking uh background characters yeah i am mean <laughs> i can't believe that that's crazy but they literally uh flew down to casino park in sonic's car from uh racing transformed which tails is saying you better not scratch it because he just finished building it <laughs> um but yeah breezy a little face uh, breezy <laughs> welcomes them in uh we see some other uh characters in the background we see that the all of uh breezy's 
casinos and whatnot are staffed by discarded badnik designs from Eggman. Uh, we see some uh, early model egg pawns walking around <laughs> dressed in bunny ears with tails and <laughs> everything. Those are also in Sonic Heroes as well. Come on, game buddy, get it together. <laughs> we see a caterpillar uh, is uh, looks like taking people's coats. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. He's. I can see he's hanging uh, coats on his little spines there, and he looks so happy. That's great. <laughs> uh, worth pointing out, uh, Breezy's still taller than Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As it should be. And we get some really good kind of back and forth between Sonic and Breezy, where they're both kind of trying to read the other more or less. Like Sonic is really leaning into the, you know, yeah, but she's a classy lady kind of thing. Yes. Basically trying to butter butter Breezy up uh, to get a good read on what her end game is. And Breezy's, you know, like, yeah, sure, I'll let you enter the tournament. You being involved is good publicity. It, it kind of reminds me of that one episode of Super when um when they bring back Frieza for the for the final tournament and the two like punch each other extremely hard in the gut we're not friends but uh good to see you again <laughs> yeah <laughs> pal uh, what's up buddy of course there are a few rules once things get started there's to be no fighting outside of the ring save it for the cameras no helping your buddies in the ring and show up in time for your matches did you get all that, or was I too fast for you? <sighs> One rule of my own. You don't schedule me at night. <laughs> Darling, you don't make the rules. I do. You are prime time all the way. I guess I'm out then. I know these two can handle things without me. Later! Wait! Daytime it is. Pleasure doing business with you, as always. Don't forget, if you try to beat the house, the house beats you. I love the way that the veneer starts to crack on Breezy when we get the whole Sonic arguing he doesn't fight at night and actually like getting under her skin when he's like, okay, I guess I'm out then. I know these two. So, Tails and Amy can handle things without me. <laughs> it's so it's so well done because Sonic just turns around and high fives Tails and says, oh, well, guess I'm out then. And Breezy immediately snaps up and uh, because she she wants Sonic in there so bad because it'll yeah. be such a boon. And uh, so she agrees to it. Flash bulbs start going off. And here is Honey the Cat has arrived on the scene. She has a, a wonderful adaptation of basically just her design from Sonic the Fighters updated a little bit. She kind of looks like a like an idol. This arc made me like like love Honey as a character and not just as a trivia factoid. <laughs> it like that it confirms that the Amy's signature dress is part of her like yeah clothing yeah. range. The Dreamcasters, like I love it. It's it's very good. It's we get so much uh, character and little bits of lore and backstory and just these. Uh, a page and a half that yes honey is a famous fashion designer slash uh you know model slash all around cool cool cat lady just like her fighting vipers uh, counterpart yes <laughs> it, it all meshes so well amy is immediately fangirling out yep in, in a in a very cute way I, I like how they they really lean into uh with this version of amy her little girl crushes she has on a few characters yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh! She's here! It's really you! Honey the Cat! Founder, CEO, and designer for Honey Brand Clothes and Accessories! Oh, I know you! You're Amy Rose! Freedom fighter, world traveler, hero! <gasps> I gotta tell you, I love your stuff! Because, because if you, you don't, don't look sweet, sweet you're not, not wearing honey! <laughs> What's terrifying is I know they didn't rehearse that. Honey immediately agrees to help uh, out the crew win the Chaos Emerald uh, because she mentions that, of course, Amy knows several princesses and could definitely help promote any new fashion lines she comes up with. Yeah, Honey is very much just like, look, I'm just here for the publicity. If I win, you guys can have the Emerald. Like I said, I'm just here to advertise. If I win, I'll hand the gem over to you guys. Really? Thank you so much! And in return, the Freedom Fighters will help promote my next line. Right? I only wear shoes, socks, and gloves. You can accessorize. 
I also love that uh, we all know that these these characters are just they're talking animals and some of them wear clothes some of them don't but i love that we get a joke about how tails is like i only wear shoes socks and gloves <laughs> you can accessorize yes <laughs> honey honey makes a very uh very funny face and mentions that regardless of the outcome that all of the very famous freedom fighters are going to be helping her promote her stuff and <laughs> yeah poor tails sure it'll work out just as well as the um the partnership with the soap shoes so. yeah yeah <laughs> And then we get some we get some good stuff with Fang, Bean, and Bark all together trying to sneak around, make sure they don't get seen by Sonic and the crew. Nobody said anything about fighting those three. Running in the knuckles and the chaotic was just bad luck. But this? Maybe they're just here to play poker? The only thing they do is fight Eggman and save people for free. Oh, they're here for the Emerald. Oh, well, I bet Tails counts cards anyway. Better call Baldy McNose here and tell him we're moving straight to Plan B! Are you crazy? Critically or figuratively? You can't tell Eggman! Why? He's gonna find out anyway! Yeah, and by then, we'll be fighting and completing the job. Think of our professional pride! We still have that? Shut up. They're trying to stick with the the plan of like fighting in the tournament, but they also, especially because you know they're all from Sonic the Fighters, <laughs> but there there is a plan B. They're the kind of people who want to get paid, get things done directly, so they want they're trying to vie for a plan B. But Eggman's like, no, 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 let's do it this way first. We even get a drop of uh out of Bean's mouth, uh calling Eggman Baldy McNose hair. Yeah, which of course. I, I think ages like fine wine. The longer we get away from it, <laughs> regardless <laughs> yeah. of your feelings on that line, it doesn't matter. It's I coming out of Bean. The more I hear it, the more it makes people mad, and the happier I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, I just love that one off of that one last that one line from Bean saying, "Oh, I bet Tails counts cards anyway." <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, yes. Bean is very attracted to the uh, glitz and glitter of the casino. Yeah. <laughs> um, poor, poor Espio is on reconnaissance with the chaotics. I, I would. Is... Lo- I'd like to point out. I love this little extra next to Espio in that bottom panel of her just trying to stuff her dark chow back in the box when he is clearly <laughs> yeah. maximum gremlin energy. <laughs> <laughs> good good stuff um sbo is using a uh payphone um to call the chaotix <laughs> he only has enough change for one minute <laughs> the slots were not kind to him he yes blew the rest on uh the quarter slots yeah, dis- disciplined ninja i was about to say i like that as like a character flaw like he, he has his vices <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like those uh he's like one of those yakuza getting doing mahjong in the post yeah that's their problem SBO reports back um, the situation to the chaotics. We see that uh, Chip and Knuckles have also arrived on scene um, following Master Emerald Shard's trails. And SBO has made it clear that he snuck Knuckles onto the roster so that they could have one more potential ally in the fight, which they kind of alluded to earlier. Breezy noticed before, but was like, no, I'm going to leave this on because this sounds like it could be super entertaining. Yep. And of course, this is without Knuckles' knowledge. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you get Knuckles the Echidna in your feature, you're going to want to keep... Because as we've discovered in real life, that is a, that is a name that sells tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Turns out we do need Knuckles' power. His star power. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we roll right into issue 269, which begins again with a short flashback of... <laughs> Sonic, uh, younger Sonic and Breezy, uh, running through the scrambled egg zone, which was also a zone from Sonic 2 8-bit, and they're being menaced by the, would you say, the correctly named Silver Sonic prototype? <laughs> I mean, yeah, from what we know these days, is he a, is he a Mecha Sonic? Yeah. Because th- everything has sort of changed now. I still like the name Silver Sonic, but uh, let's let's find out. I believe I believe this one is still canonically Silver Sonic. Game canon, it's not considered it's a, a Silver Sonic. I think that name is old hat, but it, at the time, yes, that is where that name came from, and I, I consider Sonic Retro says Mecha Sonic, so yeah. they <laughs> they're more likely to know than us. Everything's Mecha Sonic now. What is it? Uh, all Metal Sonics are Mecha Sonics, but not all Mecha Sonics are Metal Sonics. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. 
don't get it. Dr. Eggman has had super badniks waiting for us at every turn as we cross the island. How does he know where we are? Because I've been feeding him intel since you rescued me, sweetie. And still you made it this far. You really are quite the hero. I'm not just doing this to kick some fat Robotnik. He kidnapped Tails, and I have to save him. You're putting a kid's life in danger. Sorry, but my life comes first. And after helping the doctor, I'll never worry about where my next meal is coming from. Never worry about whether I'll sleep indoors again. It's been fun, little boy. But now, it's over. And this is where uh, Breezy reveals that she has actually been working with Robotnik the whole time, trying to do Sonic in. He promised her a way to pull herself out of her life of poverty. And so then we uh, come straight back to Casino Park, where Sonic is in the middle of a match with um, hmm, a very familiar but odd-looking character. <laughs> Ooh, me, me. Can I, I, pick me. I want to say who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> this is the one, this is one very obvious reference that I can actually say. <laughs> it is Sega Tassanshiro. There you go. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Jeff. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the Japanese uh, Sega Saturn mascot that we had no idea about growing up because uh, it was just in Japan. Yeah. But, um. What a what a character to have in here. Yes. Just even if it's just something. Yeah, I li- I also like the use of holograms to recreate the battlefields from the arcade game. It's a nice touch. Using some of that Kaiba Corp money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sonic wins by a TKO, and uh, Sagata takes a pleasant bow, and then Sonic zips off and barely makes it to his dressing room uh, before he transforms into the werehog and <laughs> basically is cooped up in his room by himself because he doesn't want to freak anybody out or basically have to explain what's going on yeah. because he's not entirely sure yet either <laughs> i love that he uses his stretchy arm to turn on the tv <laughs> wouldn't you you would yeah <laughs> another thing i never noticed until just now the little picture above his tv is the birds from the sonic one special stage yep. oh my god <laughs> oh. yes <laughs> I see he's he zips by some autograph pages that are the, uh, the Sonic the Fighters logo yeah. picture of an emerald oh, but yet yeah, that's another one. Yeah, the, the the potted flowers are clearly Green Hill Zone uh, flowers. Yes. At least I think they are. They might be paltry panic hard to say. <laughs> well, it's all the same really. Yeah. So we drop into the next uh okay, this is going to be another is this boar character of reference to anybody yes that is jane from fighting vipers as a boar yeah you mentioned that at the top that uh honey wasn't the only fighting vipers character this is amy is beating the crap out of another fighting vipers character as sbo is watching from the rafters and is uh terrified at uh (laughs) amy's strength and tenacity especially that one scene where like after the after the hit to the character she's gritting her teeth looking like a maniac (laughs) yes and we see knuckles has tracked down a master emerald shard um as a piece of jewelry (laughs) on a casino patron i love him hiding in the bushes like the sonic 3 box art that's such a good touch Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> oh, he's got the the silhouette and everything. Uh, uses chip to uh, grab the necklace off the lady's um, person as he's uh, distracting her. And chip replaces it with a piece of celery because why not? Um, we get a little bit of the the backstory of how Knuckles and Chip met. We talked about he had to shatter that master emerald and is now majorly bummed that he seemed uh you know damned if you do or don't even if he puts it together the island is still going to be messed up from all the dark gaia energy but yeah he'll cross that bridge when we get to it like knuckles had very much been under the impression that oh no there's actually a lot of emeralds here but no it's just the one shard and all the other stuff is just interference from the existing chaos emerald we get a a very funny uh (laughs) A very funny uh, face pull from Chip as he realizes Scratch and a couple of bouncers are headed right towards them. (laughs) But turns out they're just telling Knuckles to get ready because his match is up next. Uh, Which again, he had no idea, but he might as well go ahead and compete so he can win that Chaos Emerald for the side of good. Yeah. (laughs) Fighting's fun. Let's fight. 
<laughs> we get Honey and Tails are uh, the next match up on the screen, and we get some color commentary from uh... <laughs> Wes Weasley. <Yes. laughs> from the heart of Empire City, coming to you live from Casino Park, it's the mixed round in the Chaos Battle Royale. <laughs> Tonight's program is brought to you in part by the Moropis Tourism Board, wherever that is, Hexaco Energy, building a brighter, healthier tomorrow, and MediaTek, now under new non-evil management. Can you see that? I love all of that. Some nice callbacks to Underwater City from an earlier issue and also Heroes and Zero Gravity. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was going to ask. I didn't remember uh, Meteor Tech, but yeah, Hexaco, distinctly the uh, energy company from Sonic Heroes. Yeah, Meteor Tech was the company (laughs) Eggman ran in Zero Gravity that made all the robots that went haywire. Yeah, which is actually we see uh, later is another little backstory thing um, that from Breezy is that she is now running all uh, at least uh, Hexaco because she controls that territory. Is there a little bit of a nepotism here? A little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Poor Tails is going to give it his best shot, uh, thinks Honey is on his side, gives a polite handshake before the match, and then she just straight up destroys this poor child. (laughs) I mean, they are are on the same side, but she's mentioned a few times throughout the comic, like, they're here for a show, and oh, she gives them a show. Sucker kicks him. What's the big idea? I thought you were helping us! I am! If I win, the Chaos Emerald is yours! But this is a fighting tourney, kiddo! We're here to tussle! Well, I'm not! You just eliminated me in the first round! And you cheated! All is fair in love and war! And business is a little bit of both! Come on, I'll make amends! I know just to look for you! I think that's what makes Honey such a great foil to Breezy in this story is that they are both, you know, very sort of goal oriented career women really just try and push and make their business as successful as possible. They both have this element of showmanship where they want to make things look good for the people watching them. But, you know, Honey is unambiguously a much more kind of morally centered character than Breezy, who is just constantly looking out for number one above all else yeah honey honey has fun with it she teases she's got a mean streak to her but she's definitely on the right side at the end of the day yeah um and then we are reminded several times this is a pay-per-view event uh (laughs) because uh throughout the next few issues we get shots of various groups watching it and man poor tails eats it before antoine can even make it to the couch with the popcorn um (laughs) we see the freedom fighters plus big and cream are sitting right in front of the tv um poor cream is just horrified Uh, but this is a case of like you know ordinarily people would see this sort of thing happening to tails and be up in arms but this is part of a small a mini arc for the character i think so yeah. it's fine mm-hmm. he's very upset about getting taken yeah. out by, by yes. uh honey here and it carry and it holds over the whole story i kind of like that yes he uh he sulks for a little bit because he is a part a on the front lines of the freedom fighters but still feels like he gets treated like a little kid yeah um yeah he he's kind of pushing past his uh wouldn't call it naivete uh he just sees the best in people and well it just didn't work out this time (laughs) yeah it very much is in line with kind of the overall arc of modern tales in particular in him trying to like not be treated so much as the little brother that he initially was anymore and really come into his own straight back into adventures of sonic where he was literally sonic's little bro yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, I'm a fighting game basic boy, but it looks like he tails literally gets Shoryuken off the stage. <laughs> it, it definitely was a Shoryuken. Like you can see the spin as she is uppercutting and jumping. <laughs> yeah, the rising punch. Uh, tails treated like a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tails is so free in this. Um... <laughs> Cream is literally enraged, screaming. Uh, and she's that... got she's got that super grumpy face. <laughs> Honey, honey's a dirty cheater. <laughs> Poor big. When yeah, I was about to say, 
He doesn't look like he minds too much about the popcorn ending up on his head. Just enraptured. (laughs) He's got the thousand yard stare. He probably hasn't registered just yet. (laughs) So Tails is very upset and Honey smooths it over saying that, oh, everything's going to turn out fine. And, you know, now you get to. Now let's get you into this cute outfit. Tails like, I want to. The next uh, next matchup is between Bean and Espio on uh, Espio stage from Sonic the Fighters. And yeah, Mushroom Hill. Uh, poor Vector and Charmy are watching it on uh, their tube TV with an antenna, which, man, I assume that they scraped together their last two pennies to rent this. Oh, no, or... they, they definitely got that out of a garbage dump. <laughs> oh no i meant yeah the pay-per-view oh. <laughs> on this old cruddy tv oh no no they they uh. have obviously hijacked the signal like they've got the wires going up to the telephone pole yeah i think eggman mentioned specifically pirating it oh, yeah. uh, later but yeah you think well svo's not there to be the moral compass so yeah i think vector definitely went snip snip with the wires up on the pole <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but poor SBO gets bested by Bean's um, seemingly uh, random soliloquies and statements. Um, and then Bean gives a uh, very uh, shadowy smile, implying that uh, that's just how he rolls, man. Yeah. <laughs> People think I'm the dum-dum when I've got everybody <laughs> doing what I want them to. This is a reminder to me that Bean, there's so much more to Bean than we think. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's quite, it's quite intimidating, actually. Yeah, he's not simply the, you know, because he didn't really have too much of a personality in any media, but he's not even just simply the, oh, he's the goofy Daffy Duck, uh, Woody, uh, Woody Woodpecker, silly, uh, silly type. Um, that yeah, he actually kind of likes being the bad guy. Yeah, and you know, he's clearly. <laughs> I love that he is basically playing into yeah i i do a lot of this so people will underestimate me so that when the moment counts i can easily take advantage of that and take them down on the next page we see that knuckles is uh aforementioned match is against bark i like he is officially introduced as the hooligan silent brawler uh because before knuckles can even finish uh his quip just whacks him right in the face with his big manimal paw (laughs) <laughs> this fight is just so raw. Just three or four pages of the two of them wailing on each other. Really just the action in this set of pages is so good. That's what's interesting to me about this is like, unlike the game itself, the violence in this uh, this tournament that we see for the most part is uh, usually relies on like ring outs and stuff and not as much direct contact. Not so much yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> this is just straight up to big beefy dude slapping me. <laughs> Um, and I quite like it. It's a nice uh, other side of the coin where we talked about how the comedy uh, expressions are pushed so well, but the action ones are right there with it. Yeah. Um, and we do get some characters watching Knuckles' fight, and we realize it's uh, Thunderbolt, the chinchilla, and her cohorts, and she's still incredibly pissed off from uh, having her plan go awry in the last arc. For sure. <laughs> Very funny. It's the only glimpse we get of her, but it uh, just yeah. says so much. Thunderbolt's there. Axel, the water buffalo, and his cronies are there. Yeah. Uh, Team Dark's watching on the side. Ooh, Shadow and Omega. <laughs> that was another, uh, God, again, another thing we'll have to come back to with the Archie history, but I love the, um, uh, what were they called? The egg bosses. Yeah. Basically, most of them, some of them have cybernetic enhancements from Dr. Eggman, but a lot of like m- flesh and blood Mobians that just decided to work for Dr. Eggman in some capacity because, hey, he's the one in charge and, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, they they did some really good, uh, you know, moral quandaries with different characters. But then there's people like Thunderbolt who just love Eggman to death, like completely <laughs> horned up crazy for him and would shoot her own mother if it made Eggman happy. Yeah. Was great stuff. Great I would, stuff. I would love to one day do a deep dive on the arc that focuses on them. Uh, I got to say, this is also a treat for me because uh, earlier this week I, uh, I was reading some of the uh, IDW 30th anniversary sonic comic mm. uh and in that one there's a knuckles and bark fight as well and the fighting choreography is in that one is really good so it's cool that i got to see two really good knuckles and bark fights <laughs> in the same week yeah <laughs> yep it's cool that they run that back sometimes you just need 
two meatheads beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> That's why Dragon Ball is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, we like you said earlier, we see uh, Rouge cheering from uh, Team Dark's couch with a goodness two creepy looking gun guys in the background <laughs> uh but knuckles manages to uh pull out a win against bark with a uh flaming uppercut i love that shadow's all grumpy but omega's like super into it <laughs> omega Kid. omega just loves violence in any capacity this is very true <laughs> yes the bloodlust he's he's destroy he's there <laughs> there for the 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 sheer humanity of it all yeah so we see most of the heroes are glad that you know their chances are still in even if uh sbo and tails got knocked out although honey points out to poor amy that she has to fight knuckles now and honey gets to f- fight sonic um and our issue closes with uh bark sleeping it off in the um infirmary the infirmary and knack relays to dr eggman that <laughs> he doesn't like their chances yeah doc i just lost bark and even though me and bean are advancing it means we'll be going up against sonic at some point you sure you don't want me to just move to the back of plan save us all some trouble Absolutely not. I want the satisfaction of beating Breezy at her own game. But if you fail, then and only then do we start playing my game. And then Sonic won't be fighting just for the Emerald. He'll be fighting for his life. <laughs> so, uh, the, he better have Plan B on standby, which we know is the malicious metal sonic who is still yeah. uh, high above in the clouds speeding his way towards the arena yeah but eggman is making it very clear that no plan b only happens when the three of you get knocked out like i want to beat breezy at her own game mm-hmm. like this yes. is personal now <laughs> yeah be- because if above everything we have to remember eggman is an egotist exactly <laughs> so i i do want to point out like at the beginning of the story i with with Metal Sonic flying off to the tournament. At first I thought that was going to be a plot hole because I was like, well, he's fast and he flies. Shouldn't he get there pretty fast? But then I thought about actual real life air travel and there are such things as like 20 hour flights and he's just one person. He's not a jet engine. So no, but he has a jet engine in his stomach. Yes, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah you're right because um if you want to be real picky about it um the new map of mobius that was uh canon to this places um most of it places not whole somewhere in like the middle of north america and if um the tournament is taking place on that same continent, even if it's broken up and floating like in Sonic Unleashed. Metal Sonic was specifically on the Yorish continent, um, you know, on Apatos, which would be, yeah, like you said, it's uh, almost on the other side of the planet. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be, it would be roughly analogous to flying from Greece to America, which is not a short flight. <laughs> yeah, even with a, a jet-powered hedgehog robot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Hill is Always Greener. Thank you, as always, to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song off the album Gotta Go Slow. The music in our dramatized shorts was by Falero. And a very special thanks to our actors for their featured roles in today's episode. Cyberlink as Grounder. Falero as Scratch, Coconuts, and Wes Weasley. Connie Day as Breezy. Jeremy Baker as Sonic and Dr. Eggman. Mystic Pyrofreak as Amy Rose. Red as a Tomato as Honey the Cat. Kage Ichihashi as Miles Tails Prower. Scott Frerix as Knack the Weasel. And Yamato SFX as Bean the Dynamite. We'll be back with part two of our look at the champion's arc of the Archie Sonic comics and more dramatized clips of our favorite scenes. Next time, don't miss it.